Hey, everyone. Just want to let you know that this week's episode contains about half an hour of bonus content at the end. Normally, the bonus content is available only to paid subscribers to the Substack, but we wanted to make it available to everyone this week. So if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, go to aspecialplace.substack.com and you can get this extra stuff every week. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experiences. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial, Sarah Hader. And Sarah... We have a very, very special guest. Very special. I don't know. She's even more millennial than you are. And I don't know how self-hating she Again, is. Megan, I'm Gen Z. We're, let's, we're gonna, let's I know. Sorry. Right, right, we're going to get right into this. <laughs> Susie Weiss. Thank this you for having me. This is a huge honor. <laughs> you, you're a journalist, an editor, up and coming woman about town. I think you're already there. You've written for places like the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, Tablet. You are now an editor and writer at Common Sense. Um, you're always turning out thrilling pieces, but the one we brought you in to talk about uh, is called Generation Swipe. And Sarah, this is a subject we talk about a lot on this show, right? Yeah. Dating, sex, yeah. lack thereof. And and, mm-hmm. and we'd been wanting to have uh, a Gen a Gen Z person. I think I'm a cusp. I don't like... Yeah. Okay. I'm, no. I'm 1995, so I think it depends right. who you ask. But. So you Ger- want- you're a geriatric Zoomer <laughs> or like a very fetus millennial. Millennial, that's right. <laughs> We're going to definitely have a fetus one of these days because yeah. fetuses <laughs> have rights and they should be on podcasts. Um, so thank you for joining us. So this is like a fascinating subject because you're talking about this dynamic that we've we're really trying to examine a lot, which is this... The, the 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 fact that we have this totally sex saturated culture and mm-hmm. single people are beholden to dating apps and yet people are actually not really having sex so mm-hmm. Susie maybe you could just start off by telling us why you wrote this piece Obvi- I- I'm assuming none of this applies to you because no oh my god love it I've been married for 10 years my god no, <laughs> oh my god I Sarah am- has been married <laughs> Sarah's been married longer for, than she's been alive yeah for 20 years I've been married um wait really 30 kids. Wait- yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm so gullible. Um, this piece. Um, I'm I'm unmarried. I'm single, and I was in a room, a Shabbat dinner with a lot of married people, uh, generations older than me, and they were sort of asking, "What's the deal? What is?" the dating apps like i think there's like a little bit of people who are in relationships are like oh what is that that is oh my crazy. god was this one of the like seven questions or whatever no in no the, it wasn't passed oh, okay sorry i'm a, <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a uh, i don't know i don't know it okay. might have been but i think there's like kind of a fascination obviously with dating app culture maybe especially if you aren't on it because i think the people who are on it are just like this is just such a slog but i they were asking me about what the dating apps are like and i kind of went to say, you know, imagine if there was a baseball card 
for every person within 5, 10, 20 miles of you. And you could just swipe through the baseball cards and swipe right on who you like, and then you get to match. But that was sort of the the truth of dating apps 10 years ago. Tinder launched uh, September 12th, uh, 2012. So we've had 10 years of at least Tinder and Grindr was earlier before that. And then, you know, there was OkCupid and... um, well, Match.com was like the first yeah. one. Was that the very first one? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't I, I, even an app before. Yeah, it was, just it was a website. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I right. think like, you know, Yentas from Fiddler on the Roof are the first dating well, yes. app. Right? That <laughs> would be like how the far primitive. How do you want to take this? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but so I, I realized it really wasn't the baseball card model of like the 2012 Tinder. It was actually something kind of way more, I mean, at least it feels to me algorithm centric. Um, I make the comparison to the digital version of the owner's box. And the truth is that the special people on dating apps and, you know, God knows what data they've collected on who swipes right and how tall they are and which college Mm. they went to, to determine this, but they're kind of pushed away into this special corner of people and you either have to download a special app and apply to get to them or you have to pay to access them or maybe you're just as an attractive woman and that's who you kind of are matching with but you know either way the people who are being discounted know that they're being discounted so it's not some you know big secret uh but i i was really interested in sort of telling the story of how 10 years of tinder and of an algorithmic, algorithmically um, saturated life, what what that's meant for dating's losers. So the guys who can't get dates, who are hanging out in their room, who are reading about how you know this is the craziest time for sexual liberation, and everyone can hook up with the swipe of their finger, but right. they haven't dated anyone in ten years. So, yeah, Sarah, feel free to jump in. Yeah, I. I have many questions. It's so, this is so sad. I mean, I, I can mm. get in just the reaction to your piece. Um, I, I'm glad I missed the boat to this, mm. you know, hellscape. I mean, it's not, maybe it's not a hellscape. It just seems like it from, no, it from, is. From it this. is. <laughs> um, and I, I, I feel for some of the, the men that you profiled, um, and, and they seemed, you know, I mean, you call it, I mean, they're losers in this game, right? But they don't, they don't seem like losers. I mean, at least not uh, some of them. Some of them. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, some of them are. Well, the interesting thing is I, I wrote the piece um, originally a few months back and then I updated it, you know, for the anniversary of, of Tinder when I think it would be, it was good to release it. And I, you know, circled back with everyone, you know, wait, remind me how old you are. Um, oh yeah. Like what's going on? I just wanted to sort of do my due diligence, every single one was in the same situation. I mean, this one had gotten Mm. a dog, that one had re-downloaded this app or deleted all of the apps, but I mean, largely sexually, they were were in the same place. Right, right, right. So, I mean, is this... I have so many questions, but when you're you're talking about the losers in this game, are they almost all men? Is there a female version of somebody who can't get a date? Sure, I mean, there's a whole world of fem cells. So that's Yeah, I always wonder about cells. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a a big thing. I think hmm, it's a good question. I think 
I mean, ugh, I hate to give him the credit. I don't, I don't know exactly who said it, but my dad always. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say Jordan Peterson. No, <laughs> no. Whenever, we'll any, whenever anybody pauses before g- g- quoting somebody, it's, it's been nine times out of ten they're about to say Jordan Peterson, oh, or it's okay, their father. But, but your no, dad. this is. Okay. I don't think my dad came up with this, but he often said men are insatiable in terms of variety, women are insatiable in terms of intimacy, and I, I do think mm. it's, it's true, and I think the. Dating apps, which you know are downstream of um, sexual liberation, the feminist movement, are telling young men and young women that everyone should be having as much and whatever type of sex that they please. And I'm I'm not sure those like levers like that, those default settings are ultimately good for men or women. Right, mm. right. Because we've talked about this idea of you have to be, how did we say this, Sarah? Like you have to be hot enough to be selective. How did you phrase that really well? <laughs> like, I mean, I this, no all memory. this, like the, the, um, the hypergamy, like this, this concept, yeah. and I'm sure you're familiar with this, Susie, that the, the, the feminine, the women's movement, the sexual revolution has been very good for a very small handful of high status or quote unquote high value men. And right. the rest of the men are being left out. So, and I always wonder, like, is there, so, so women, oh, I know this is like women who are very attractive. Ha- oh, this is what it was. They, they are the ones that can like not have sex. They can, they can withhold sex in order to encourage a relationship, but that women who are not so attractive just kind of have to like sleep with, sleep with a lot of guys in order to have something resembling a romantic life. Right. It's like what, what's like the standard of like the first or second or third date and how is that shifting because of dating apps? I also think there's maybe a switch among my cohort where it used to be, how long did you date before you hook up? Now it's how long do you hook up before you date? See, that's Um, crazy. Yeah. Which is, that's very real. I mean, I went to a big 10 school. I went to the university of Michigan and kind of, I was in a sorority, which I, I loved it, honestly. I, I mean, it was like a slutty orphanage. I mean, it was just quite exciting. Oh, you mean like um, with another fraternity? Did you have, were you only allowed to slut around with specific fraternities? Or no, I mean, I don't, no one ever told me those rules. I was also like part of the humor paper. I mean, it was just a really fun time. It just, I it just, there's, w- women are incredibly social creatures and there's something about living in a sorority house with 60 of them and they'll just validate, validate, validate. Like you walk in. <laughs> Yeah, I I failed that test. You know what? That teacher—he's like crazy. Like it's actually actually better that you—it's better that you failed it. Blame everything on the patriarchy for you? No, no, it it really wasn't that. I mean, it's a midwestern school, Um, but it was more like, oh my god, I I ate seven donuts in a class, and it's like you look amazing with like. 80 yeah. more pounds on you. I mean, it goes in both directions. So like, you know, you would see like certain cohorts would like gain 15 pounds and then other ones would obviously lose 15 pounds. I mean, it's just, it's it's compounding right. being in that environment. And I, I mean, I, I loved it. I grew up with a lot of sisters, um, the OG sorority. But, you know, in terms of hooking up, there was a lot of talk freshman year of like, I I love doing this. I, I you know I love kind of hooking up with this older guy who ignores me. And this is this is college, and this is you know that dreaded phrase, figuring out what you like. And it's kind of like <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like I mean, maybe. I mean, they would they would sort of. I mean, this happened to me. I would I would be reduced to like a puddle in the name of this like vague feminist 
like dream, I guess. I don't know. You mean um, because you were ha- catching feelings? Because I was catching feelings. Yes, I wrote about this for the for the Daily News, much to my parents' chagrin, when I was, I guess, seventeen or eighteen. Um, really? But yeah. Like when you were in high school, you were you were no, I would have been oh, in college. Oh, I when been, you were, oh no, you no, were sorry, that would have been seventeen or eighteen. I would have been like twenty. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was twenty. Okay. Sorry. So okay. And you were in college what years? Sorry, I should be able to do math. But I, I took – oh, my God. I'm so bad at math. Yeah. I took a gap year after high school ended, which was in – I think I graduated Michigan in 2018. Okay. Yeah. And so But I graduated there... high school like in 2013. All right. I mean, Sarah, you went to a, a large university as well. Like, I did. Were there any couples – Sarah, were there like – I didn't couples? know that was, many, Does this yeah. sound familiar to you? Because you're only yeah. a few years older. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's more – so I wasn't in – a sorority. It was just sort of a loner. Yeah. I I mean, she couldn't get into any. Yeah. They would have never, they would have never taken me. But, um, I, I remember there were a few couples, but they were like the very religious people. I had a very, very, I had two Mm. roommates, um, who were, one was like the president of the college Republicans, which was really interesting. Just like her crew would come in. Oh, and they, wow. were, they were, it, they were a totally different social world. Secretly, than the one like I was the most to. fun people on a campus. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, they're like, they're nuts. I love yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was her and she had, uh, she always had like a boyfriend with her and it was a serious mm-hmm. relationship. And then there was somebody else who was an extremely religious roommate that I had who had a boyfriend they were together since high school they decided Which to go religion? to college she was she was christian she was some mm-hmm. kind of very like baptist or something. I don't I don't really know but she was very very hyper religious and they hadn't had sex I think they were planning to wait till marriage mm. um and they were just committed so that those were like the couples I knew did everybody they, like, else was just kind over? of hooking up did they sleep over even yes. though they didn't have sex they did. They did sleep over on like a on like a single, like teeny tiny, you know, <laughs> bed. Twenty oh. <laughs> so they're, they're like cuddling up together, spooning. I guess it must have been hard for him. Um, mm. But wow. yeah, that was so. Yeah, good for they, them. <laughs> good for did them. they get married? Are they now married? Do you know? I don't know. I, I'm sure they are married. I'm sure. I mean, if they they had already been together forever by that point. So right. So, yeah. so Susie, were you able to, or any, you or any of your friends, like, was anybody mm-hmm. able to cultivate like a satisfying relationship, um, during college or was it just a lost cause? No, I think there were people who definitely, I think honestly that comes down more to like, there's just girls who are serial monogamous who guys love them. And then there's just me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, there there were definitely relationships. I think like the trouble came when they the trouble came when it was just the hooking up thing. When they when they actually didn't want to be in a relationship or they didn't actually understand how to get there, or maybe they were in a long distance relationship, but they decided to be open. I I think I don't want to be like a prude about it. Like people should do whatever they want. I I really believe that. But I think there was a lot more heartache than people had maybe budgeted for um, Mm -hmm. by by the end of college. I think it was sort of like, wait, when was the fun part supposed to be? Like there was was definitely a little bit of that. And I think, I mean, I I was at a big 10 school. I was in a sorority. I mean, this was a pretty specific experience, but I think a lot of it is set up for the pleasure of men. And that's kind of 
Mm. You, you, you kind of don't realize you're being played until you've been played, maybe. But only a tiny percentage of men, right? So these just guys at the tippy top are having sex and as much as they want, but the women are either having more than they want uh, and then the, the other men are not having enough. I think in co- like I think of the men who go to college, that's like a there's mm. you're going to find yeah, a already larger there. proportion. Yeah, they're, they're already they're, they're like already a, the winners. In school exactly in, okay. in yeah, some sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there were people at Michigan and people at every school who are are feeling really um, kind of blocked in that way. But college is is pretty well facilitated uh, towards hooking up if that's what you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then you graduate, you move to New York. Is that where? Yeah. I moved to New York with an internship at the New York post. Um, so it was only a summer job and then it ended and I was like, I actually work here now. Um, and I lived in a room in, I mean, I'm like acting like I'm a queen in a palace (laughs) now. I mean, my first apartment, I could touch like every object in the room from lying down in the bed. Um, I'm like in a marginally better situation now, but (laughs) that yes, I moved to New York after college. Okay. And then were you like on the apps immediately? What was your romantic life like? Oh yeah. I've been on, I guess I've been on, it was like J swipe for a while. Um, I had a boy. J swipe? J swipe. (laughs) Where have you guys been? Wait, I know there's J date. Well, I'm a million years old. I don't know what Sarah's excuse is. Well, Sarah's mar- oh, married, been married yeah, since, yeah. since like junior high, since middle school. Exactly. But, um, but, but wait, how is J-Swipe? Is that just like it's the just Tinder for version Jews. of, of J-Date? But there used to be, it used to be called J-Date. I think there might still be J-Date. I think J-Swipe was like- Mobile version yeah, or something. Okay. It was the young, it was oh. the young thing. Um, okay. I, yeah, I, I dated someone for a summer off J-Swipe. I dated someone- off hinge and then this thing called lox club came out is um, that like lox like bagels and lox yeah like bagels and lox <laughs> it was like another dating app for jews with quote ridiculously high standards and i was like oh this is like this is getting like undignified oh my god i like mean what? i don't think it's like the best look for jews to like be like essentially recreating like country club culture of like the 1920s. Well, wait, what do you have to do to get on it? Is it like you have to apply or one of those things? Yeah. You have to apply. I remember. Yeah. It's like a Raya and then you have to pay per month. And it's like, I I know everyone named Josh in the city. Like what am I doing? (laughs) Like I did it. I obviously did it. What about the Adams? Come on. Well, exactly. Maybe there was going to be an Adam in there, but I like sent the pictures to my friends and I was like, can you make my teeth a little whiter? And like, I just I don't think I went on a date off of it, but I'm I'm kind of of the mind now where it's like get like getting set up is I think the best way to meet someone. It's how a lot of my friends met their partners. And I think it's kind of just one of those tried and true methods. Mm -hmm. Sarah, how did you meet your husband? I, you know, old school style at a at a barbecue. Yeah, I love that. At at a barbecue that my um, landlady had just moved to a new city to to dc area and i didn't know anybody and my landlady she was 72 years old at the time the 72 year old secular jewish woman and she was like sarah you don't go out enough (laughs) she she says you don't go out enough i have a barbecue that i'm invited to and there's a bunch of young friends there i have a bunch of young friends you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna love them and you have to come and so she invited i was like okay what why not i'll go and yeah, and that's how I that's how I met my husband. Oh, that's really good. Wow. Wait, does she have so, any other friends? Yeah, in, a way, 
Did she? Did you get like a discount on your rent, or did you have to pay more rent, or what was? Well, the well she takes credit event? for the union. I mean, to this day, she's she's like much older now, and she's just like, I take credit for for all of this. I made it happen, um, and and she's very happy about it. She's very satisfied with where That's I am. Very now. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, so I mean, I want to talk more about this hooking up and then deciding to have a relationship because that is completely foreign to me. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really old. I am slightly older than fifty, and that just that that really is not something I ever experienced. And I'm not really sure when the the needle sort of you know when the tide turned on that. But like, is that what is that about, Susie? Is it just because people because it's like somehow easier? to have sex than to establish any kind of rapport? I actually think it's more coming from the other end of things where people are kind of too, maybe they're, they're more casual about sex, but they, for some reason think that the label of a girlfriend or boyfriend is like so serious. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I think maybe in the past people just had more boyfriends and girlfriends throughout their life. But I think people in their head now have, well, if they're my boyfriend and then, you know, that basically means we're engaged because if we move in, we have to get married because you're not going to move out. So I think it's actually more (laughs) of like a fear of the commitment Mm -hmm. than it is um, anything else. And that they think you may be like being someone's girlfriend means something um, heavier than just being someone's girlfriend. Like it has to be exclusive right away kind of thing. I mean, I think most people, if you have a, I think most people are like monogamous. I think it's, it's overblown. The idea that like everyone in the world is, I always say ethnically, ethically non-monogamous. Um, but I, I do, I mean, there's, there's an endless supply of people out there. And I don't know, we had the, at the day after my piece ran, we did a symposium, um, with a bunch of writers who I really admire about, their takes on Tinder. Like we had an evolutionary biologist and um, Catherine D known as default friend on, on Twitter, who I just think is so smart wrote about how Tinder killed intimacy. So, mm-hmm. and everyone could go to commonsense.news to read this. I'm going to butcher it, but there's this idea that, um, the, that because we're being rejected so much, like the volume of rejection is unlike anything, any human civil like person would have experienced in history, you sort of either put on this ironic mask like you do on the internet all the time, or you put on this armor that says, oh, they weren't they weren't good enough anyway. And it, it sort of prevents you from getting vulnerable because if you were vulnerable and you were rejected this often, I mean, you'd, I mean, Ben and Jerry's doesn't have enough pints of ice cream. You know what I mean? Like it would just be crazy. So I do mm-hmm. think there's something about like within ourselves becoming jaded maybe from the dating apps. And of course there's the, you know, idea that we have a wandering eye because there there's, could be someone always better around the corner. But I think more in the moment of it, every tiny like second that you swipe right and you find out immediately that the other person didn't swipe right, you, you, you become a little more calloused. Um, and, you know, I think, I think about this all the time, how like, Nowadays, someone wrote this in The Atlantic that marriage and kids is the prize for getting your career in order, having you know your finances mm-hmm. all together. Whereas before, you were young and you built those things with your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's the so, capstone versus the cornerstone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. such a good way to well, put no, it. Well, no, that's actually that's is the researcher. You're probably is it? I always it's Bradley W. Bradley Wilcox. 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 That, that's who it is. Yeah, and who is yeah, talking about UVA. this idea? Exactly. So he's talked about this idea of, and I think Catherine uh, Hi, Hi, K. Hi, Heimowitz or something. I should look this up. But yeah, no, they've done a lot of research about marriage and mating and. And this idea that like, well, Sarah, for instance, has a, has a cornerstone marriage. So mm. you settle, mm. you, you, I was about to say hooked up, you settled down, <laughs> you, you got married relatively oh, young. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I hooked up and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're building and you're building your lives together. So your marriage yeah. is, is a cornerstone. Whereas, I mean, I certainly was socialized in a way that you had to become yourself. You had to come into yourself at the highest possible level before you were then ready to be presented to the world. And then your, your marriage is just like the cherry on top, a capstone. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know a lot of marriages like, like in the sense of I'm, I'm younger than my husband. Um, there's a tiny bit of an age gap, but he, you know, his friends are a little older. He has a lot of female friends. Many of them are not married. Um, and it's pretty surprising to me. And a lot of uh, female friends that I have are not married. Um, and, and, especially, well, yes, definitely true of the the male friends I have too. I think it's unique what I have going on. I definitely feel um, different and especially <laughs> in the mommy world because <laughs> there's mm. in the mommy world, everyone, I mean, it might be where I live. I live in a, you know, nice little area, um, you know, upper class um, neighborhood. And so the kinds of people who live here have very, very, very good jobs, high power jobs, um, and tend to start having like getting married and having kids at a very, very, you know, at a time, I think that a lot of people like our, the generation before us would have stopped, you know, they would have been done having kids. And that's right. the time where right. women now are starting to look towards motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like Susie, do you feel like you or your friends, you feel like you have to have achieved a, a certain things or had a certain amount of experiences before you can settle down? I don't think it's that I feel that I have to. It's just that I will. Like, you know, my parents are definitely a cornerstone marriage. They met when they were in high school. They've been together since. And, you know, I I mean, my parents both went to college, but like they, they my mom didn't get to have her own apartment in New York City. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have, nor did my father, like, you know, really specific tastes or, Mm. you know, things they had to have. And oh my Mm. God, like you wake me up making your probiotic smoothie every morning. Like (laughs) there was no sense of like, well, we have to like merge our two adult lives. It was kind of just like, well, we're both really young. I guess we'll figure it out as we go along. Mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, it's almost, I don't want to say too much freedom because like, I think that's a trap. But at the same time, it's like, I like my mid-century modern furniture. Yeah, no, and you get I, set in your ways. It's such a cliche way to say it, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. you get set in your ways and it's like, uh, but I don't want to compromise. Like I've tasted right. the very sweet juice of like getting everything I want. <laughs> oh, I think so, you say of my own taste. <laughs> sweet juice of my own exquisite my own taste. taste. Is, exactly. I mean, that's basically it. So, I mean, of my friends who are moving in with their significant other, they're kind of like, oh, like they're still here. Like, you know, like, you know. um, Yeah, they don't leave at the end of the day. There's no, they're, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for doing that when you're a little like mushier in your taste or in your, um, 
I don't know what the word would be. Well, just your your less rigid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah less oh. rigid. Oh, totally. That's a good way to put it. I had this thing where I didn't even want to meet somebody. I mean, when I was in my 30s, I I bought a house. I didn't want to get into a serious relationship at that time in my life. I mean, I had had other serious relationships, but I didn't want to do it until I owned my house. I had to own the house. (laughs) Megan, why? Well, I'm because I'm crazy about especially when it comes to real estate. I'm like out of my mind. But uh, no, I just had this like I that way they couldn't take it away from me. Like I had this thing. So I think I was subconsciously afraid of having to like live in somebody else's house that I didn't choose or I couldn't decorate or it wasn't in the right neighborhood. And I don't know, all of my anxieties, I mean, I wrote a whole book about this. Like all of my anxieties get poured into real estate and shelter and what kind of house I'm in. <laughs> oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Uh, and then, but then, you know, I made my, and then I did meet somebody and then, and then he ended up moving into my house and then it was too small, of course. Mm. Uh, and we sold and bought another house, but yeah, I, that was, I was really hung up on that. Yeah. I mean, I think like the feminist movement said, become independent from men. This is the way to do it. Yeah. Be like, do not be dependent on them or else they'll own you. And it's like, okay. So like I need to own my own, like Megan needs 50 acres in Wyoming before she'll settle down or something. Yeah. And then I need a guy to manage the acres. That's exactly in in that case. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting. Like a a big element of this piece has to do with these guys, you know, call them incels, call them whatever you want, who are really at the, you know, they are not in the quote unquote high, high value mate pool for Mm. a variety of reasons, but they really like, I mean, you talk about this guy, Philip. Well, why don't you tell us about him for starters? He's 26. How'd you find him? What's his deal? I met Philip on Reddit. Um, He is, the guys that I interviewed for the piece, some are former incels, some are um, never were in cells. One called himself to re- reformed. Um, but Philip is kind of like a self-proclaimed incel. And I spoke to him on Zoom. Philip's not his real name. He's British. He lives about an hour outside London. And he said something, and I thought it was one of the most salient um, parts of the piece, where he talked about how the internet for him had simultaneously acted as both a lifeline and a noose. So it was killing him, but it was also keeping him alive. And he said, between social media and porn and podcasts and video games, you can live a low quality simulation of what a fulfilling life would be. You can get social interaction from social media, the feeling of problem solving or being productive from video games and sexual fulfillment from porn. So it's sort of like, like, it's really bad, but it's not bad enough for me to do anything about exactly. it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a trap so many people get into. I mean, I'm like not knowledgeable enough at all even to be talking about this, but I feel like there's something with corn syrup about like you feel hungry after you eat something with corn syrup in it. Ugh, I, I don't know what it oh. is, but it's basically like it was one of those like early food things that I like wedged into my mushy brain when I was 14 of like, there are certain foods that are designed not to be satiable. Um, yeah, because like, they, like the rats. Well, they, they yeah, they, they want like, you buying even more. Sugar, it will do that to you. But exactly. Sarah, Sarah, didn't one of our commenters make a very similar comment on the thread just about the way you can, you know, with between porn and yeah. just being on the internet that they yeah. could kind of just um, simulate a life. 
Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and he he didn't ex- point to this exactly, but he had a similar kind of warped uh, view on dating and women. And he said that he would, because of the, the porn, I mean, I, I don't know if he called it an addiction, but he basically, it, he, he used a lot of porn. Um, mm-hmm. And because of it, he found that it was harder for him to be attracted to the average woman that he oh, might see on the right. street. That's, oh, this right. is very fit porn addict. Sorry. Yes, this is, yes, this is very, <laughs> he's fit. very, yeah. very fit. And he's, he's, he can he's, only date hot, hot women. <laughs> Cool commenters, so guys. He's a, yeah, oh, yeah. He, th- these are our, our subscribers, our paying subscribers. Yeah. Oh, so this is, yeah, they are they are our patrons. Um, and this guy is very hot because he's he's he. So he here's here's what he says, right. which he says it actually that. makes sense. The logic makes sense. So he says that he uh, uses a lot of porn, and so the average woman is not attractive to him. And the only people who are attractive to him are the very tippy tip the hottest woman Mm -hmm. around. And so he has to be himself super hot to have any chance of dating these women, of accessing these women. So that's why he's in incredibly good shape. Yeah. I mean, every, all the guys (laughs) I talked to, including Philip were obsessed with, I mean, the, the black pilled sort of kind of freakish, scary, side of this is phrenology like the study of your skull measurements yeah, what is up, some... okay what is up with that because yeah i want to actually read from this so he works he says he rarely leaves home his room he spends all his time online he obsesses over the ratios of his face and the proportions of his body and skull measurements mm-hmm. that he thinks determined his undesirability from birth recently he's only been eating 1500 calories a day attempting to whittle down his proportions to be closer to the so-called optimal ones Okay, that just sounds like OCD writ mm-hmm. large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of gets to to like obs- obsessiveness, and it's so sad because it's like, dude, the the thing that is leading you to this obsession is the thing that is preventing you from having a fulfilling life. It's in cell forums where they talk about this stuff. Um, I, I'm not like on 4chan or 8chan or any of those places, but I'm sure it's very prevalent there as well. I, I guess I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. But I mean, this is like kind of, you know, classic what is it incel with the skull? stuff. Okay, but what where, what's the I don't, origin honestly, of that? I, 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 try, I think it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm like, do I really need to know whatever <laughs> like insane logic is behind this? But I mean, I, I have to assume they're like talking about other men's or other civilizations or probably like races skull shapes like i think it's they're really, like thinking really jaws gross. and stuff yeah it's very very gross and yeah and they talk about foreheads and, right. and jaws oh. and you know yeah. chads are kind of like the ultimate man and they all want to be like a chad i mean to to be clear and fair the incels like your classic incel hates hates women i don't know if philip hates women or not i mean he probably does the other men i spoke to were not incels yeah so Mm. there's a lot of incel adjacents i actually had somebody on the unspeakable nama cates who has this podcast called incel which is fascinating and she she interviews a quote-unquote incel every week and she is like has so much to say about this she's incredibly insightful yeah but it's the whole it's it's a very under-examined or it's I don't want to say misunderstood but people make a lot of generalizations about incel culture that that are not accurate there there was a big piece in New York magazine I think following a guy who had gotten pretty uh intensive yeah uh cosmetic surgery to 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 get to these proportions I remember that Um, piece 
But yeah. the really interesting thing about Philip, um, besides his like, you know, probably racist, horrible obsession with skull shape, is um, that there was a woman who he connected with via Reddit who wanted to to take incels virginities. Um, I don't think this made it into the piece. No. But, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> he wanted to cure incels. And I think I, I, I only talked to her on um, like Reddit DM, but Philip had sort of corroborated what she told me, which is that she thinks of it as this, you know, generous, good thing that she could do to have sex with incels and, you know, take that she thinks it'll like take the hate away from them. I mean, it's pretty oh, uh, hardcore. Wow. I, so she's she like didn't de- de-radicalize her. She's yeah, like she didn't. She, I was like, is this your kink? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. Um, but Philip told me that this girl offered to meet with him. And he, she said, meet me at this place and, and bring condoms. And he went to the store to get them. And he totally chickened out. And he was, mm. you know, having like, I don't know if it was like a panic attack, but he he could he couldn't do it. He left the store. He he never met up with her, and it's kind of like, or I think he did meet up with her, but they didn't have sex because of the kind of thing. I I don't really remember, but it's kind of like, oh, so you got the thing or had the option to get the thing that you're obsessed about, but you didn't take that option. Mm. Like maybe there's a third thing going on. Oh here. Yeah. yeah, well, because you yeah. also say that he yeah there was he had some matches on Tinder. And, and that he couldn't bring himself to initiate it. And then there's another guy, Shane, who he had a few, this is another guy, had a few female friends who wanted to take things to the next level. And he says, I just couldn't get there. I pretended not to notice they were interested. Yeah. Like, and something. Yeah. It's sad. So well, it seems I, like the problem is social anxiety. Yeah. More so well, than it is lack of options. Shane also explained how he would spend all this time online reading about all of the ways in which the boyfriend or the girlfriend had fallen short. So, oh my God, can you believe he said this to me? Oh, guys, what what would you do in this situation? Oh my God, I hate her parents. And it it gave him such anxiety about all the things that could go wrong. And Mm. it's like, I didn't even know there were this many ways to screw up a relationship. And and he, the quote I use that he says is, um, you know, there's too much openness and honesty on the internet. It shows me there's a lot to be worried about and that people aren't forgiving. And I thought that was, you know, something we could all relate to. It's like, you know, never have I seen the full buffet of human failures uh, yeah. uh, like I have on, you know, a Reddit or a, or a, t- a Twitter or whatever it is. There's uh, Facebook groups uh, like, have you dated this guy, Boston, or have you dated this guy, NYC? I th- I'm, I'm oh. on one of them just because I was interested, but they basically screenshot profiles of men on dating apps and they're like has anyone dated this guy oh my god beware run in the other direction okay, and, and this oh, is like no. in, in the you know guise of sisterhood and, and yeah of course and yeah, like and feminist and empowerment more than the guise of sisterhood of what if he's dangerous mm-hmm. right. I mean, what if you would get yourself in a dangerous situation but of course we're all human we tell ourselves it's about that and then it just becomes this like tarring and feathering of of these guys. I don't know if they deserve it or not. Maybe a lot of them do. I'm just saying it's probably – I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like just because you should, can you? Just because you and your partner yeah, can share your location on your right. iPhone, should right. you? Right. Like just because you can go on and log on to a Facebook group and see if your boyfriend who every person he's been on a date with, like is that the best thing? And, you know, that is ultimately the the struggle with the technologies that – are, are in our hands. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Wow. 
So you well, say at at the end, um, or do you, Megan? Do you want to discuss anything? Because I want to. No, no, I, I think no, the conclusion no, no. I have is more so questions. But go ahead. Yeah. No. I, yeah. So, um, I mean, y- you sort of um, <clears throat> put it out there that maybe uh, there's. Uh, you say there'll be some kind of split. Uh, with, mm-hmm. with where some when men will sink deeper into this online world, take advantage of VR porn and sex robots um, and whatever other dark thrills that tech companies have queued up in the wings. Other men will swear off it all. They'll get flip phones and give up porn and go biblical. Do you think that this is an actual this is a real option? Because I, I do see people who, who are like this and I know people who have given up. Uh, like on they're just not online at all like some men who are like this um and 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 some movements of people who are very religious now but do you think that this is something that will will take on sort of a more you know a mass um following yeah i mean do i think everyone's going to become like a trad calf or a trad (laughs) wife tomorrow like no i don't think that's going to happen um but I do think those edges tell us something about the middle. So the fact that, you know, kids in downtown Manhattan are running around with rosaries, like it's mm. funny and weird, but it also maybe points to a rejection of, mm. you know, this bill of goods, honestly, that a, a lot of younger people feel they've been sold in the dating and sex arena. Um, I, I mentioned in the piece that there's some data out of England that um, – young people are turning to prayer, which I thought was interesting. I think we will be seeing a religious revival. I don't know if you can like put the genie back in the bottle in terms of dating apps and sex, but I mean, in short, yes, I do think there's going to be, um, and this goes, you know, this dovetails with like the institutional distrust that we're seeing across the board. You're going to see people who are like, wait, why am I supposed to find a, a wife or a husband on this dating app made by people I don't know? And which works in a way I could never decipher, like, mm-hmm. mm, I'm going to pass. And there's been a few pieces and, you know, we, we've seen a revival already and, you know, um, such 80s trends as the the singles mixer or speed dating. There's a new app called Thursday that um, you go on a date and then everyone meets at a bar uh, after the date, which I think is a really kind of sweet idea. So you're, you're going to be seeing a recycling of a lot of different modes or or methods, I guess, of getting um, a date. Uh, And matchmakers, I think, are going to be big again. And Mm. yeah, I mean, in the religious world, Shadchans is is the name and I guess it's Hebrew. And, you know, you have the show Indian Matchmaking on Netflix. I hear there's one coming out for Jews too, kind of like a Jewish matchmaker show. So um, so, yeah, no, in short, like, do I think everyone's going to get married tomorrow, like, or the second they turn 18? No, but I, I do think there will be a, a rejection or reaction against it in line with kind of the darker things that will come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was that other middle option, though, that that for, you know, in between uh, the sexual revolution, the onset of it, and now where we used to find spouses and potential dating partners at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Do you know anybody or do you know many people, maybe anybody, um, who's found a partner through work? I don't think I know anyone who's ha- found a partner through work, either because there is no office to go to, which I think, I mean, we're going to be seeing the repercussions of that, I think, in a lot of different areas of life. 
Um, and then also that it would just be kind of considered totally inappropriate, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. right now. I think the there's – Yeah, it's not worth the risk. It's like what if you – what if there's a bad breakup? I mean it's and – I, and I think it's actually more discouraged from the top. I mean mm-hmm. HR departments and these corporations are just like so like averse to lawsuits that they'll – I think they're probably clamping down more than they did in decades prior. Mm-hmm. So amazing. It's so it's so crazy. Yeah, I, I just I want to go back to the matchmaking thing for a second. My understanding is that it's very very costly for women to sign up with these high level matchmakers, but like men, it's just sort of free. Like I I always hear of these matchmakers no, it's the like, like they'll they're well, but I've heard maybe something has changed, but of mm-hmm. matchmakers, they, they are just constantly looking for men who are willing to be in this pool because there are so many women, they just have more women than men. I mean, maybe this is an age thing. I'd say in the, in the cohort, say oh. like if in your forties. Yeah. I would say, cause I, I know a couple of kind of matchmaker types and they, they, they work with a lot of women in their, you know, mid to late thirties into their forties. And there are like no men they're begging. Do you know any man who will be part mm-hmm. of this network? He doesn't have to pay just anything, anything, anything. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I think it's when like the younger dudes, I don't know. I, I'm remembering that show Millionaire Matchmaker on Bravo, which I right. absolutely loved. And they <laughs> they let the women sign up for free, but the men had to pay. That's what oh, I remember. See, it's really the other way around. I mean, the thing too, like when you're talking about what is a high status man, again, another thing we talk about here all the time, the fact that women are going to college at a much higher rate. There are just There are more college educated women than men in circulation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these women, if they want somebody who is their equal, so to speak, it's right. going to be a lot harder. So are you finding that women are able to say, okay, you know what? I might have a master's degree, but I'm willing to date somebody who is in a trade profession, for instance. Like, Are, are people starting to give at all there? I don't know the answer to that. I think they they should. I mean, I think something that hasn't come up in this conversation is the biology of it all. Um, Megan, obviously, you've done a ton of work with not having when when women choose. I've not done to have a children. lot of work not having kids. You've I've done a lot of work really, not having kids, and I commend a, you for it. A lot of it's been a lot of hard work and labor that goes into not having. I mean, it has. Kids, you you know, wrote a book. A, I'm willing to say. What can I say? I, I realize that. There's but I'm saying, like, you know, this better work. than anyone. I, it's like I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you've thought about it a lot. And I mean, there the I mean, everyone I know is on on birth control and I think it's sort of allowed women to say that they could put their biology on ice if having kids is Literally. something they want to do. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Or or they can yeah. freeze their eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um or I bet like, you know, I don't know if that's exactly the insurance policy people think it is, but I don't I don't know. I, I think maybe in the I, I'm interested to see, I should say, in the next ten years when women of my cohort are beginning to have kids, if, you know, they'll come to regret decisions they made around dating and marriage or if they'll have a harder time of it because they're hot trying to get pregnant later. I, I really don't know, but I think that's kind of the next frontier of all of this. Yeah. So in your circles, would any of the women date, say, a a plumber, for instance? Um, probably. I mean, if they needed their, I mean, I would, if you're a homeowner, I would highly recommend it. Let's just, let's just start. (laughs) But 
<laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think it's hard to, I mean, when I, cause when I was in my twenties and living in New York city, I don't know how I would have met a plumber. It's so, there's just these little tiny micro social circles. So people, yeah. Yeah. I guess my, my circle is like more like, you know, laptop jockey people. Um, But I, yeah, I, I, I think there, if one good thing can be said about dating app culture, it's that people were matched together who never would have met each other in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And whereas before, you know, you were stuck with who you went to high school with or college with or who your parents could have introduced you to in your neighborhood. And I think that for a lot of people really works, but I definitely think there's something to be said for, you know, I, I never would have cross paths with this person this gets mm-hmm. into this paradox because you have all these options and yeah. that makes it worse i don't know i think it might be better to have fewer options um i don't know i don't know i'm really torn on that one i think it's it, there's a almost a middle path because i you get so many options before you ever meet anyone and i think people laid out online like in a list their 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 pictures and their you know, bio data, like they're how, how, how tall they are. All of that is, it's, it feels as if it's a lot of information and you have sufficient information to filter based on mm. that. But I think that in itself is an illusion until you meet them in person, you can tell you have chemistry, or you don't, you're attracted or you're not, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think we're met, it's the filtering systems that are all wrong here that are misleading right. us. Yeah. I think it's the algorithms that make more money when they convince you that you thinking that you want to date a guy above six foot is you knowing yourself, but it's actually, it's actually not, you knowing anything. Mm -hmm. The, in the, um, Tinder symposium, we put together the evolutionary psychologist, William Costello talked about the biggest, uh, study ever of married couples and, and what made their relationships work and anything like even how successful were in your career didn't actually tell you much about, the relationship you would have, kind of things mm-hmm. that can't be codified or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a lever pushed on mm-hmm. a, a dating app. Like if the person was conscientious, if they were generous with you, that's not, I mean, unless we start doing, and maybe this is going to come, like Yelp-like reviews mm-hmm. of, of all the men we've dated at the bottom of the profile, um, then we're then we're not really getting the full picture when we're deciding whether or not to swipe right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There would be, I'm trying to, like, if anybody, I don't mean to pick on plumbers. I'm just sort of using plumber euphemistically, but. Yeah, there's going to be a plumber that's going to be really mad. I'm just actually advertising. If anybody is a plumber out there, they would like to date me. I consider it. Um, uh, I mean, there was so much anxiety. I remember in my, in my twenties and thirties over like, if you could bring the guy to a dinner party, we we would, we would ask, is he bringable? Right. Oh, like, I love that. Can, can you bring him and can he interact with your friends? And um, can he, is he like somebody who has the same set of references? You talk about the laptop jo- jockey class. I think it would be really hard to bring in somebody from the outside. And especially if you're in these kind of media circles, the way we are talking is very, very important, right? Mm. Being able to socialize in a kind of verbal way is, is, at a premium. That's what we value. And so I think it's, people get really hung up on that, on that sort of thing. But again, it's, it's hard. If you have somebody who's, you really feel close to and is good to you and is a great partner in every way, except that you can't bring him to hang out with your friends. That's kind of hard. I Mm. think it's a good thing. 
frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband, it's good he, to doesn't, have, he doesn't go out. It's just a separate, it's good to separate you know, like to have your, your girlfriends or your, 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 a certain kind of life. That's, that's your but, own thing. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's good to have like couple friends and then your own friends yeah. and it's a, it, to have these separate little worlds. I think it's a, it's a very good thing, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, Megan, about, um, getting somebody well, who's not It's just awkward because then you're like babysitting them the whole time when you're well, in that yeah. social situation. You need to be able to bring someone to a party, but I think it's Esther Perel who talks about like you can't be everything to everyone. Like mm-hmm. you can't expect your partner to be right. your editor and your best friend and also sexy. And also <laughs> yeah. he cooks for you. And also he's masculine. It's kind of like you're you're just going to be disappointed and maybe bringability is just like one of those things that right. fall by the wayside. I'm not sure. Um, but I think, you know, going back to what Sarah was saying earlier about people in religious relationships, it's like there's there's pretty specific roles I mean, at least in Judaism about, you know, what a man does and what a woman does. And I think a lot of, you know, I think there's more maybe acknowledgement that women get a lot of their maybe social interaction like that satiated from other women and not necessarily just their husband, which I don't think is unhealthy, which I think is healthy. Yeah, I agree. I think people have become more cognizant of that lately. I just I feel like in the in the 90s. This was like a huge, huge deal. Maybe it was just a big deal to me. No, I, that's I still. I, I know somebody. No, that's still definitely. No, a that's thing. it's still definitely a thing. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I had, a, I had a friend. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can, I can say this. But she. <laughs> this is the best way, by the way, to make sure the person is listening because we had this happen last time. Um. So she. Uh, um. Yeah, but she w- when she was entering this uh, relationship, deep relationship with this guy, and they were getting very serious maybe like it, it was it was the marriage talk was coming up we hadn't met him maybe it happened very fast with her she had like a talk with me and I think a couple of other girls kind of it was so strange she was like lowering our expectations about him <laughs> she was like look he's not you know I mean he's a little short he's you know he's oh, he's not oh, but no. he's a nice guy and he comes from a great family it was it was so strange I was like she's She's actually lowering my expectations right now so that when I meet him, I won't judge her or something. Because she's I don't know. Emba- what... Do you think she's embarrassed of him? I think this that's what, so, yeah, we've I think all that's done what was it, happening. But we've all, but oh, see, but the thing is, it's like, she also could have been having conversations with her girlfriends, like, right when she met him, like, oh, he's good in this way, but I don't know. What? I, don't I mean, know I, 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 I felt like and... that she didn't need to have it. She didn't need to have the conversation with me yeah. anyway. I was going to be, I, I was going to forgive her for having a normal looking dude, I guess. Um, but I thought it was interesting that she strong, she felt the need to, to make sure that I understood that she was really, he had all these other qualities that I might not see right away. And yeah. See, not and no wonder these really. guys are, don't want to meet anybody and are on these forums. I mean, the, the, women judging men is so baked in to contemporary culture Mm -hmm. yeah because I I think it's kind of like well I could provide myself with a lot of things so it's like so what's this guy offering yeah what what, does he add value I've heard yeah exactly is it value added and I, I don't think men have caught up in the way that women have to the to the bar that women have advanced to that's right maybe That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, I Mm -hmm. also want to ask you about this body image thing too, a little bit more, because it seems like we have two parallel things happening. We have the body positivity movement, which seems Mm -hmm. to be exclusively in the female realm. Like I was, I was saying, uh, I think I was 
I don't can't remember what conversation this was in, but you walk into a store and you see like plus size female mannequins, but we're not seeing male mannequins that are short and scrawny. Mm. So I wonder if you have thoughts about that, Susie. Like, is it is this just a kind of um, lie that we're telling ourselves that that there's a wider range of acceptable bodies for for women, and yet and these men on the other hand are like. You know, oh, it's, driving it's even darker crazy than a lie. They're not tall enough. Yeah, to say more about that. It's. I mean, it's marketing. Is yeah. is my mm-hmm. like deep, I think, idea about that. I think it's just all dressed up. I don't think a mannequin size is like doing so much to. I mean, I don't know. I. I mean, I've never. You never look to a mannequin for representation. Come on, try it sometime. That's that's my I'm best like, that is, Especially if it doesn't have a head. That's like, that's kind of or like yeah. I'm like you know, oh, finally, yeah. yes, finally, finally, I feel seen. Well, but um, so but you don't think that like a little girl growing up now seeing all these body size ranges and advertisements and and this kind of thing, you think she still knows deep down that that's bullshit. I kind of do. Oh, that's so bad to say. I think <laughs> girls having disordered eating do- just doesn't get fixed by like a bunch of different types of models. I love to see it. I think it's great. I don't think like stick do you thin really models. Though? Come on, let's let's. No, I do. I do. I, I a little bit, but some of it is getting so, a little well, absurd. Well, some of it is just gimmicky, and right. that just feels like okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess you damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, is our rates of anorexia less than they were in the nineties? Yeah, because when it's been, Kate well, Moss because was on the cover anore- of everything. I don't anorexia know. Anorexia was replaced by cutting, and yes. now and now there's a uh, a crossover with the gender identity stuff, which we do not have to get into. But it's all kind <laughs> of comes from the same. I was source. I was I was talking um, about eating disorders with someone today, and I think orthexia is is a really oh orthorexia yeah i was orthorexia. Actually, i was just yeah, talking yeah. about the, oh yeah this is um I, I was just talking about this with a, a, an unspeakable guest it's it's obsession with clean eating right and, and taking health. the picture of it and i mean um, I, I think it's even beyond the clean eating and i've seen this within my cohort it's like you're very quote unquote good all week so that you can get the slice of dollar pizza so you can take up snapchat with the dollar pizza so everyone will think you're fun and it's like it's wrapped up in your online sort of avatar of like, well, I know I'm going to this restaurant and I know I'm going to want to order the ricotta toast because everyone posts it. So I'm not going to eat breakfast this morning. So I think it's combined with like the um, meal prepping thing and, you know, the Instagram ability of, of everything you oh eat. But uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, I, I'm like, I don't think it's great, but like I, I do think it's kind of the bleeding edge maybe of of eating disorder culture at the moment mm. um wow yeah yeah that is so interesting i mean just that to approach your entire life as something for display at the end of the day you take a picture of it and put it online and i think even just beyond women who obviously like i think suffer from eating disorders at much higher rates i think you you see maybe in i don't know if you would call it like right circles or or whatever but like the obsession with, you know, the Jordan Peterson diet, all, uh, red meat only. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like seed oils raw, and all this stuff. Right. Yeah, the yeah, seed it's, oil. It's a different kind of obsession. Yeah. It, but exactly. It and it's with, like, like it, it has to do with sort of being at your, like a, you know, cognitive your efficiency. Exactly. Your, your prime. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's kind Peak of draped in the language, exactly, of optimization. Right. And like, you know, taking back your diet or whatever it is. And, and I do think there is obviously something to like 
the ways in which there are horrible toxins in the foods we eat or toxic chemicals. I, I don't know. But um, there there is a little bit of a, I don't want to say mania, but I, again, that orthorexic muscle maybe of like, mm. you know, I can't eat seed oils because it's like sludge in my arteries. It's like the metaphors are so out of control. It's like, what? Like, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, if people feel or truly feel good about what they're eating and it doesn't like impede their social life, I think that's great. But um, I guess to go back to your question, Megan, yeah, I, I don't care about plus size mannequins. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, not that I, yeah, no, I don't. I'm sorry. No, I just, it's, it's remarkable to, to see them. And uh, to see so many, I mean, I walked into Target recently and like every mannequin in the women's section was plus size. It's interesting. Maybe it's because I, there was always a body positivity movement. I like just missed the heroin chic thing. Too bad. Don't you wish you were born a few years earlier? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, my, I think my sisters were probably like definitely around for that. But I, like, I I was talking with my mom because we walked by a Victoria's Secret and I'm like, Remember, like, it was a little before my time, like, everyone had to have the Victoria's Secret bombshell. Like, you had to have it. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was life to to get the bombshell bra. And that just, that, I didn't experience that. And then I think when I would walk into a Target and see plus size mannequins, I don't think it would um, rate for me at all, Mm -hmm. which maybe is the point. Maybe that's, Mm -hmm. maybe that's progress. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that it's it's just interesting that it's different based on the sex. Like there, you can see mm. there was something going around, some image of of advertising on it was like some kind of underwear company, and they had on the top women's and then men's on the bottom, and the women's models were all kinds of shapes and sizes, like like some were very very big girls, you know, mm-hmm. and then for the male models, there were all these like six pack dudes, like very yeah, uniform no hot, at all. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's just it's it's fascinating that we I mean, I mean marketers recognize something that I, you know I mean the 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 truth is that no one in Gen Z is looking at a mannequin they're ordering the clothes online yeah. so it's like yeah. I don't even know but who these mannequins are for mo- anymore but they're looking at models they're I looking said, at models still, yeah I I have never seen like a short scrawny male model and there yeah. are there's scrawny ones nowadays well I mean there's always there's that there's well there's the kind of like there's a gen- high you gender know. not there's a sort of non-binary aesthetic but that's yeah. a, a different mm. kind of thing yeah I just I wonder too because all this height obsession with men is that because of the apps because they're actually people are stating their their heights like if, you, if we were just walking around in the world you would yeah. not necessarily notice that a guy was Five, you wouldn't four. be able to tell. Like most women are short enough that they can't tell the difference between five ten and six, you know, or six one. You know, you just know very tall or tall or normal. But I think we're yeah. aware of it now because I've heard so many women say, "Oh yeah, I went out with him and he said he was five eleven, but he's obviously five eight. Like I've heard that oh, a yeah. lot. If they say they're if they say they're six feet, they're five ten. They're three inches short. Okay, I'll. Yeah. I'll- well, that's different will- enough. <laughs> to a friend will go on a date. I'll be like, "How was it?" And they'll be like, "He's six five. And I'm no. like, "That doesn't tell me how the date." <laughs> that's was. even too. But so, what's the equivalent though? What's the analog? Are like men going on dates and say, "Oh, she weight. said she was. She said she was athletic, but she's really curvy. Yeah, it's curvy weight. means fat. Like, yeah. are they? But are men actually having those conversations? 
I actually don't think so. I think men love going on dates with whatever women. See, that's what I wonder. They happen to be on a date with. I don't. I think women are much more analytical in this. See, and that's feel. I could be wrong, but that's really interesting because I don't think it was that way in my time. I think women are. Mu- they're just analyzing this, and they're much. They're much choosier, I guess, because they can afford to be. Right? Yeah, completely. I think. I mean, I was always told like, oh my God, you're obsessing, like the obsession over like how fat your arm is or whatever is for other women. Like Mm. men aren't gonna like clock (laughs) that like difference really. I mean, like, I guess there's probably studies out there that are like men like high heels, like men like hip, like whatever the like sort of primal brain thing is. But I think like the, the deep obsession over, you know, what you're wearing or, you know, how long your legs are. I mean, I, I do think a lot of that ladders back to how other women view you. I don't know though. I mean, I'm sure it's combo. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've, we've kept you a while. Is there anything else we want to, we want to talk about the state of journalism or how, how are you feeling about the, the, the world in general these days? I'm, you you, you feeling, cover, you yeah. cover many things we should say, not, not just, not just Tinder. Yeah, it's just Tinder. Who are we kidding? <laughs> um, how do I feel? I feel really, excited. I feel like there's a lot going on. I think there's like a lot of internet subcultures that are kind of blooming into the real world and I'm very excited to cover them. And the state of media has obviously never been more trustworthy, better and integrity filled. So I just am so happy to be a part of it. <laughs> I mean, we should say you were, your sister is like some, some, somebody we, I don't know what's, she's, what's, what's her name again? Who's your sister? Barai? Barai? Yeah. What is Bar-ai her? East, I believe. Yeah. But. Um, she's somebody, whatever, whatever. Yeah. No, your, your sister's is, is Barry Weiss. And yeah, Sarah and I, we were talking earlier, like, Sarah, you had a question about yeah, yeah. So something. I mean, feel free to not answer this or go around it if you feel feel uncomfortable. But I, you know, I I'm yeah. I, I've been of course the the way Barry is you know the the figure of Barry in the in the, um in media uh, in the culture is just a fascinating one, and I wonder you know what it's like as you know someone who has known her <laughs> for your own, your whole whole life as another person, you know, sure. to see kind of how, you know, she's, how she's managed through all this and, you know, her, the treatment of her and the way that other people. The Barry um, Weiss derangement syndrome. Let's just oh, say. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, like what's, you, what's it yes. like for you to. As to a loved s- one to see, yeah. To see somebody go well, through that. It's funny. Barry watched me go through it before. She ever went through it. Are you when saying I was... you were canceled before she was? Oh, this is I, I was. I absolutely was. Competition. How? I, in 2012, I wrote I wrote this piece for the Wall Street Journal um, about not getting into any of the fancy colleges I applied to. <laughs> it went that. totally viral. Yeah. Totally viral. I went on the Today Show, um, like before the Accutane had kicked in, which is its own horrible <laughs> trauma. So she like. That was like the like the vaccine against all of this stuff. Honestly, I mean, it was hellish at the time, but I'm I feel so free and lucky that it it did happen. Obviously, um, I mean, I mean, I guess to answer your question, Sarah, I mean, she's my sister, so it's like I don't when people I don't know her as like capital B capital W Barry Weiss. I just know her as as my sister, and you know, it's, it's from my own experience, I can only say that it's horrible when. Um, 
people are online are vicious, but if you get your meaning, it's, it's better not to get your meaning from, from those places and from those people. Um, which I, I think Barry, um, models pretty well. Really well. I'm astounded by her ability to like, weather it all. I think I would have just crumpled up. Um, but she's, I mean, not only weathering it, but just thriving with, with common sense. And I've been, I've just loved, uh, the pieces that you've been writing, Susie. Oh, thank um, you. We are having a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys are are killing it. It's really oh. it's it's destination reading. But I but you know she is. It's it's not like it doesn't affect her. I mean, I've heard Barry say that it does hurt her feelings. She is human being. Like it's not like she's Teflon. Mm-hmm. And so oh, to yeah. to act, to be able to absorb it, and also <laughs> to, I'm going to be really and and metabolize it efficiently. Right. Peak yeah. performance. Uh, that's, that's really something, but do you, I mean, do you, how does it affect your life? Like, how does this affect your dating life, Susie? Do you, are, you're like a semi-public figure. So what is that oh, like God. when you're on the apps? I did go on a date recently and the guy was like, so I Googled you. <laughs> um, and I didn't love what I saw. And it was oh, a little like, nice. oh my God. That's like, on the date. He said that. It's that, like, talk dude, about nagging. But it's like, why'd you come? Like, what do you like? Why would you ever go on? Like, what are we doing here? Then it was so, ugh, it was horrible. Um, but what did you, you know, say? I mean, obviously, I should have said thank you so much for the drink. I'm going home now. What I did was a two-hour song and dance, like convincing this guy that I'm like worthy of being are you like asking questions like oh what is it specifically that you I love to you know I'm all about having the conversation (laughs) did it turn into that I mean mm, it probably did at some point it was I I honestly Megan I got so paranoid oh I thought the second he said it okay no 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 I got (laughs) scared I got really freaked out and I was like don't make any sudden movements like just charm the socks off this person which I did because I was just really honestly like freaked out um but yeah, no, dating is not going right now. I'm kidding. Um, it's honestly like I don't Google people. Uh, I should hope they don't Google me. I like think it's pretty much the worst use of time to read what people say about you online. Um, and I think it kind of separates the boys from the men, obviously. Like mm. if honestly, if they're like too freaked out or scared to go on someone with like a quote unquote bad Google search. It's like, okay, bye. Like there's so many fish in the sea. But then like, what do you do? They need to know something about you though. So what do you do when they just won't Google you at all? They don't know anything about you. And then it's kind of hard to get any. I say I'm a professional right. sister. <laughs> well, that sounds, so you're Mormon. That sounds a little. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> what? And they're, then they're more confused. And I'm just like, leave me alone. Wow. I'm like, so what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you so, wish? Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. No, no, go, go. No, I, I no. was just about to be more just appalled about it, but I don't have a question. No, that's okay. <laughs> Do you wish that you were dating in a different era? Are you jealous of Gen Xers like me? I have to say no. <laughs> really, I'm not jealous Why? of Gen Xers like you because I am like the recipient of every generation before me's gifts of like liberation and i like don't take that lightly Mm. and i i really wouldn't trade it for the world um even though it comes with a lot of thorns and kind of what do you mean by that what liberation because i don't think there's anything in the 90s that we didn't have that 
like I think that was a sweet spot. Are you, do you feel like oh, women were not? Yeah, no, I'm not talking about. Yeah, like because we had we were liberated, we were equal, et cetera, et cetera, but we didn't have to deal with these apps. And mm. I wonder if that if if there's any part of you that envies that. No, because I think, you know, like the ethos only grew since the 90s of mm, oh, now I don't know. Because you have this <laughs> very sweet moment in your piece where you say, oh, you go into the bookstore and, you know, look, oh, look yeah. furtively like you want to do the meet cute r- romantic comedy sure. kind of kind of. Oh, moment. yeah. Like not, you, just just like to make sure night. you've. Yeah. Like just to make sure that you've covered that base. Like, OK, I will stand in the bookstore and and, you know, <laughs> perhaps I will lock eyes with a stranger while we're looking you know, through the same book. But that's probably I, gu- I guess so to that answer- did sometimes happen. I guess to answer your question, I think that that ethos is possible today and that if we were to allow it, that that we could have it. I don't think that could only exist in the 90s. But people are going to have to put their phones down and they're going to have yeah. to talk to people on the street. That's I know, right. I know so many people who've literally met people on the street, like went up to somebody on the street corner. I love that. I love. I, I'm like... I'm happy to get hit on in public. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be like catcalled or like mm-hmm. objectified, but like if someone wants to ask you're me nice on a sometimes. date, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. I might say no, but I like appreciate it. Yeah, but people have to start doing that again. That's what totally. they, that's what they, they should. used to do. And talk if to you see me bars. on the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think uh, I'm, I'm so happy to have missed this and all this, all the weird like, I mean, this is not a conversation we're having right now, but the, all the like the weird fetish stuff and the kind of performative BDSM and like just the mm. that like the kind of kink culture that feels very dis- feels very insincere and just performative. Uh, mm. We didn't have that at all, at least that I was aware of. Maybe I was missing something, but maybe you weren't yeah. in the right circles then, Apparently Megan. Not. No, I was. <laughs> I was definitely adjacent to them, so I'm pretty sure I'm. <laughs> relatively accurate about this wow well Susie you're an amazing guest thank you so much is there anything else Sarah that we haven't covered we don't want to over yeah I think I think we've uh I think yeah it's 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 we've taken up a lot of Susie's time but um everyone listening to this should read Susie's pieces they're so good um the one that we didn't discuss at all which I I read um uh hurts so good with oh, yeah. with young women suffering from oh, invisible yeah. illnesses it's super like it's it's very much in line with what we've been discussing on this yeah, podcast um and it's 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 so interesting you should just read it for yourself i won't even describe it um <laughs> in detail here but um it's by it's about this little group called spoonies <laughs> yeah um and it's amazing so read uh read Susie at yeah. common sense and thank you Susie, for for being here and for giving us your oh, time. Yeah. Thank you're you both our, so much. You're our first female guest. Oh, I love you're that. You're our <laughs> second guest and our first female guest. Rock on. Yeah. Girl power, baby. Yeah. Thank you so much. The bar is high. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it. This was fun. Okay. Thanks, Susie. Thank Bye. you. All right. Here's the bonus content. Are we going to talk about Susie behind her back or? Maybe a little bit. Um, she, so, she sounded just like Brary to me. It was so weird. That was a little weird. I don't know. She probably didn't hear that. Yeah, they have a similar yeah. cadence, but I think a lot of siblings. Maybe. A lot of siblings. People say that about me and my siblings that we sound very much alike on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, almost like interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but she was great. She, oh, she's awesome. That was that was great. That was, um, yeah, she has a, 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 I liked her positivity too, despite everything. You know, it was a, it was refreshing change for me. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say. <laughs> it was good say. to have like a young person who was like, you know what, everything is everything is it. We can deal with this, and it's an exciting, interesting time. I like that. I think yeah. both both she and Barry have this like bubbly positivity. <laughs> this well, like I think that's a very protective attitude. You know, well, they're from, taking the bull by the horns. They definitely yeah. they they don't uh they're they're not passive in their lives. Yeah. yeah. So um, maybe that's it, a good, yeah, it, good it was lesson. amazing. So she was a she was a great guest. Um, glad we had her on. And for the bonus today, um, we considered talking about one of her pieces. We might keep that for later. Um, the hurts so good piece we mentioned at the at the end of the podcast about young women suffering from invisible illnesses and there's a whole subculture around it. But I think yeah. I think that's meaty enough to deserve its I think own. That's maybe a whole yeah. show there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting. So we can bring that up later. But from you guys are always leaving great comments that we can just jump off of. And uh, who who left this this DJ? Oh, who, DJ. DJ uh, left a a. A, a list, a blueprint from Penelope Trunk, who I've never heard of until now. Yeah, he linked to something. He, he, he linked, he linked this, to is something. Is this a, somebody's blog or something? It's somebody's blog, and I guess she's a coach. She's a... Okay, can I just say everybody is a, a coach now? There's life I want. Should I be a coach? I think I should no, be a coach. No, Sarah, no, because you're too you're too negative. You could never... Oh. You just. You know what? You, as, if you were a coach, you'd be like, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Like, End it now. Yeah, but, I don't know, know why. There's... Just, let me give you a piece of advice. Find a husband um, and forget it. Forget it. And everything forget else. it. Forget everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know who this woman is. She says she's a she's she says she's a founder of four startups. But anyway, we're gonna t- uh, forget who she actually is. Maybe we'll get to that another time. But she's got some great life advice. Yeah. Um. It's interesting. Like unique. I you know disagree with parts of it. Find it <laughs> <laughs> provocative. But um. But yeah, it was an interesting little list, and we'll link to it in the show notes um, for those of you who missed it in the comments before. Um, but yeah, let's let's just move move on to the list. I don't think we can cover the entire list, but this is what she says: like a blueprint for your life, um, for a woman's life, we should say. So, which, blueprint for a woman's life she, for a she woman's sa- life right yeah she says when i drive i have arguments with people in my head i think of someone who does not realize how smart i am about what i am smart about and i go on tirades to show them how misguided they are <laughs> and i realize one day that i'm actually feeling like i know what women should be doing with their adult life so she's giving now the list of advice yeah um cool uh so she uh I mean, that's I, I actually love that start. I love that she's like, this is what it is. This is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and her so her first bit, her, she starts, number one is do less homework. Um, women do better in school than men, but school is not a harbinger of doing well in life. Other stuff is. That's true. Um, and, and, and that's such an interesting, you know. Um, All those tech guys, they probably like failed school. Those tech Well, some of them too. I mean, what they- Are either they, really good or really bad. Yeah. Well, what the the advice that I've heard from my friends in in like the tech world, which I have so many 
friends. I have no um, friends in the tech world. Yeah, I have like one foot. I mean, just like from a like a, in a social life kind of way. It's weird. Um, but they they say that what you should do is get into the best college you possibly can get to and spend a semester there and then drop out. Oh, like, not not like, you should go to like, like get a, into like Harvard a- and then drop out. Like get into or get like get into the a top school. Like you don't want to drop out if you got into like you know some like mid level like <laughs> Why? Because, no because, name. And you're then you need to, the degree. Like, network and make make connections while you're there. Well, What's the point? they just think that if if you're you need to prove that you're smart enough to get into Columbia or whatever. And once you've once you've gotten into Columbia, you're sending the the signal that that uh, employers are looking for that they are smart enough to get here and at that point drop out and then start a company or something yeah, I think that's you know? weird I think you should go to community college or like a like a so far as the average and person then, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. this is like genius right. and advice then, and then transfer into an elite college and then yeah, get, yeah. get graduate from the elite college without having to have gotten into it in the first place yeah that's anyway. so that's that's a track for the average guy if you're okay. if you're brilliant and you get <laughs> into one of the like great five, schools six. those are guys for who are like five eight five seven five eight yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, homework. So do less homework. I think that's really interesting. And I, you know, especially like, it's just, it, it is true that I, w- women are doing really well in school, which is a good thing. Right. In, in a lot of ways, but she makes it, she, she points out that it's, it's not life, you know, and being like essentially te- teacher's pet, being the hardest worker there. Um, yeah. is, that's interesting. I haven't heard that advice for women <laughs> before. Well, it's really like maybe do less preparation. I, I feel like I spend a lot of time preparing for like podcast interviews, for instance. And I know um, a lot of podcast hosts who do zero preparation. Uh, many of them are men. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying just might be a coincidence, but hmm. yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, right. uh, two, <laughs> this is a good, <laughs> her second piece of advice, get plastic surgery. This is the must-have career tool for the workforce of the new millennium. You will earn more money and you will have more opportunities for mentoring. You will also have a wider choice of men, which, of course, is another way to earn more money. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't say what kind of plastic surgery. She doesn't say. Okay. Yeah, you have to be, you got to get, you got to get it right, though. You can that, mess yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tricky. So I agree with her, but only if you are the kind of woman who can be very, very, intelligent and you know you know yourself enough to know that you would make good choices in terms of plastic surgery because a lot of people make very bad choices and those are very visible and that sends the exact opposite message than whatever it is you're it's trying amazing to send. some really smart people make bad choices there's like these oh, yeah. women these especially as they age that like they were just gorgeous like some of these movie stars and they've made horrible choices and you're thinking yeah what and, and you're thinking that and they're so rich and they have the best they suppose they should have the best surgeons around yeah. and yet They'll just mess it up. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I, I would love to hear more about this. Like you should start early with the plastic surgery or. So, what I've heard from someone like a lot. Uh, uh, this is somebody who was like kind of in the entertainment business. He w- he said something like do what Meryl Streep does, which is. Meryl Streep has never had anything done. What are you talking about? So never she. Anything. So she basically somebody like just a little get tiny little tweaks. Yeah. Start somewhat early and get small tweaks small tweak never never don't wait till you're 45 and you're like oh fuck i look old and then get a ton done (laughs) don't Mm -hmm. wait that long but just get like tweaks um so i don't have any money so i can't get plastic surgery see this is why we need more subscribers we need more of you guys (laughs) you guys go fund us if you want sarah Sarah to get plastic surgery well they want us to have a video this is it i know you will invest 
in um, a, a nicer looking show hosts if you um, yeah give us more money, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think that's what I've heard. And the other thing I've heard is that you can only get a facelift once, like a good facelift. I don't once. think you need to get a facelift anymore because I think you need, I think you can get away with just, just a lifetime of injectables, but that might not be true. No, no, no. Cause you look like a pillow face. They, they all do that. They, and then they get the, those chubby little, they get those fat mm-hmm. faces and they look so, so strange. Mm-hmm. They just look so odd, especially from the side. Those women okay. look crazy. Last time mm-hmm. I went to like, it was, Miami last time I went it was I just saw those these pillow faces everywhere these people with these faces that look like they actually have like some kind of like swelling disorder you know like oh, something ta- <laughs> but gotta, this is what they yeah. <laughs> this is what they were aiming for because dead on like right like like straight to the camera they actually look good right. but then everywhere else all the other angles look very weird um Okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, she should have had an addendum to that, which is choose what kind of plastic surgeon, surgeon yeah. wisely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and get a specific. Like, don't go by fads. I think That's choose your thing. plastic surgeon the way you would choose a husband. Mm. Mm-hmm. Early mm-hmm. and high quality. <laughs> Not early, late. <laughs> um, get, but yeah, get, high yeah, quality. Settle down with the right plastic surgeon <laughs> earlier in life. <laughs> Uh, we should and do our own list set. an addendum yeah. to this. Oh list. my God. I have a um, lot to say. Okay. So number three, go to business school right out of the gate. I don't really care about this. We can move on from that one. I would do you think that's important? That. I would well, never have done that. no, I wish I... I had done that though. I actually wish I had gone to business school. I think I would be great. I, I think I would have made a great consultant. Well, I, I, I should not have gone to business school, but I, I should have joined the FBI. That's what I wish you, I had you, done. You wish you really, oh, Totally. I should not have... the CIA, the FBI. No, no, because I'm terrified of being thrown into a third world prison. No, I, oh, the okay. idea of I, that literally like that whole like Britney <laughs> Griner thing is I can't even think about it. It's so upsetting. No, not the CIA because I'm not that brave, but I really like the idea of, of being an investigator. And I, mm. and I, so if, I really wish I could do it all over again. I know people but, in the FBI. Well, you, I'm too old now. Yeah. There's a you have to be there's a cut age. I can cut get off. you an in. Like you could be a little intern. <laughs> I'm gonna be like the volunteer old lady who like answers the phone at the at the FBI because well I couldn't be an agent, but now I could I could just hang around here with the with the young bucks. All right. <laughs> um, next one. Start looking for a husband. Serious. Start early looking for a husband. Seriously, we've talked about this. We don't need to yeah. talk about this, right? Yeah. 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 She, she really lays it out. She says, if you want to have kids, you should aim to be done by the time you're 35 when your when eggs you're, start uh, going bad fast. I like this woman. I like how clear she, I mean, I don't agree with her, but I like that she's like, here it is. And she's not like hedging, um, go straight for it. Yeah. She's not apologizing for what she's saying, which I like too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Number five, milk maternity leave for all it's worth. That's, um, that's good advice. I, I can, I can say from experience. I didn't realize how much I would need. Uh, I thought I would right. be, I would. Just, I thought I would, I'll miss it. I'll miss. <laughs> um, but actually uh, you just, you just need it so badly and you need as much of it. So maternity leave and paternity leave, take as much out but as, you, as they'll give you. You work for yourself, right? So do you have to give yourself? No, I, I have leave? a job. I have a, I have a, I mean, I, I have a but board. You have your yeah. own. Okay. I see. Right. Yeah, I have um, I have a whole th- thing, but yeah, th- so yeah, I have to get it approved by somebody else. Um, okay. But I have a lot of flexibility, be- you know, just being uh, being who I am. I I can I can 
I have flexibility. So that was, that's been great. Um, and I had like a flexible arrangement as well at that time, which was nice. Um, okay. Wait, this is amazing. For, uh, yeah, go ahead. So for there. most women, that's not, that's not the case. You can't have right. that, but they'll give you like three months, four months. And everyone I know just, just take out as much as you can just take out. If they give you four months, take out four months. And you think you won't, you think you won't need four months. You do. You need the four months. You need four months. You mean. Okay. Yeah, she says there's an incredible amount of research to show that there should be a single primary caregiver for the first year. Uh, she says, unless your husband is taking a year off, you're better spending most of your time on your kids and not your job. The way to do that is to take all the maternity leave you can and then keep pushing for people to let you keep your job, even though you're not really doing it. Make them fire you. <laughs> It'll take their legal department a long time to give permission for that. And you can be collecting a paycheck the whole time. The extra cash can fund the rest of your transition. This is great advice, brilliant. right? I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's a very, it's very like strategic. Yeah. Um, okay. Number six. Uh, number six, guard your marriage obsessively. Okay. So just, uh, Hmm. Uh, divorce is not socially acceptable. I don't know. So, so she's talking about people with kids. Essentially, she said that divorce permanently ruins kids. That yes, it's true. Divorce makes life better for the parents, but kids don't care. They don't notice. Kids notice if two parents are paying attention to them, and that is one of the first things to go in a divorce. Of course, I think so. She's not doing a lot of throat clearing. I presume what she means. She she means unless, of course, you're you're beating each other up all the time. Um. I think she yeah. means just like a boring, stale marriage. You're not in love or whatever. Stay together anyway. That I think that's the kind of thing. Yeah, she, she says the wife, if you love your kids, stay married to their parent. That means the wife needs to just bite the bullet and maintain the marriage. But what if he's stepping out on the marriage? Does she get to that? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, she doesn't. Here. Stay at home. Spouses keep marriage together more effectively. I know this is not popular that's, and not fair, but you do not need to make a crusade out of your family by showing you can get a divorce and not fuck up your kids. Um. <laughs> okay, I don't know that people do that to make a point, but okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been reading a lot of weird stuff on divorce lately. Um, remember that one piece about that one woman? They should, she, we should bring that up again. But it was making the rounds about how. It was it was in the New York it was a New York mag or New York Times or something and some some prestigious place where a woman was just like I got a divorce because I was bored or something and the <laughs> husband was great but then but he wasn't you know and then I had I had a kid which was it was so selfish wow. and just ridiculous I don't know what she was expecting um she got just destroyed on social media um but I've seen more and more pieces like this of women just thinking just saying my husband's great but. Mm-hmm. I need to be my, I need to be free. I need to, yeah. Right. Right. Well, you and know, of course women can, f- women can say that and it's you go girl. But if a man said anything like that, that would be the yeah. end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And sometimes it is, of course, of course, of course, of course. I don't, you know, to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. sure. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it's um, whatever, whatever. Practice austerity. I think this is very good. Um, and by, she just means, uh, you know, no big house, no expensive car, no huge vacations. You need control over your life more than you need that stuff. You have more career flexibility, more time flexibility, and more personal flexibility if you can keep your expenses way below what you earn. In this scenario, you do not have to fight with your husband about money. You can fight about sex and in-laws, which are two of the three most popular fight topics. Also, you can stay at home with the kids if you want to, and if you don't want to, you can just be you and admit it. Don't say... (laughs) I like her. <laughs> Don't say you are not with your kids all day because you need the money. That would be a lie. 
Um, okay. Yeah, because if you're if you're practicing austerity, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, I agree with this. I think this is this is smart. Okay. Um, and then she has do a startup with a guy. I feel like this is weird. Number I don't eight, do this. a startup with a guy. Having your own company will give you tons of control over your life. Yeah, but this is hard. Wait, For most saying? people are not going to start families or startups. Um, <laughs> but is she saying do it with a guy? She says and specifically not a woman? go get a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, so she's... because actually because those because if you're like in the. <clears throat> VCs are much more likely to give money to men. I think it's hard for tech women founders. Yeah. I, well, and then there's also, cause I also think that ha- it has to do with like, that men are willing to be completely obsessed about something. And like, like it was, it, there was something I was reading about like Elon Musk, you yeah. know, sleeping only for four hours a day. And that was only in his office or like crashing on a sofa or whatever. And did that for years. That kind of, right. no woman I know is going to live like that. I kind of live like that. I I live like that. But no, it's true. (laughs) Those sorts of extremes are men. That's that's men. Young men especially can pull off that kind of crazy thing. So anyway, she says basically, smart women in their 20s are looking for husbands and cannot be 100% focused on some pie-in-the-sky startup. Women in their 30s are having kids and trying to figure out how to work less. Men are more easily focused solely on work. This is why there's a salary gap between men and women because women focus on work and family and men focus only on work. Don't judge. Just get a male business partner. The problem is that men don't like doing startups with women it's bad for them but still you can try sarah so are we doing this all wrong should yeah, i be, we should we, you should have done this with a man and vice versa yeah mm. yeah um i guess i made a mistake um Damn, we both make right. mistakes well, we should nice. leave each other for been nice knowing you okay no but you're kind of like i mean you work like kind of guy. like a man yeah you i mean you we just you know right you live that life like you're, I you're, live the life you're working of really man. hard well, um you're working yeah i don't i don't have 100%. a i don't have a family but um that's true yeah so i'll be oh, I'll, I, be, I, I'll I, be your man oh <laughs> <laughs> um okay if you can't get oh my god if you can't get men to do a startup with you do a lifestyle business hmm really what is so? What's that like? An an. It's, so I love how we're just reading this in real time. I actually didn't read this yet. <laughs> okay, she just she made like a lifestyle brand. This is good since you will need to earn money, but it's a little more risky for you personally than a startup because you're not in it with deep pocket investors. Still, a lifestyle business is attractive enough for to a woman with kids and a hankering for something interesting in the business world. Also, given the choice between no work, full time work, or part time work. Pew Research reports that 80% of women with children would choose part-time work. And we all know that part-time work opportunities in corporate America suck. So a lifestyle business. So it's like, it's like, oh, I, you know, you know when Megan, you could do a lifestyle business. Well, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm doing something. The unspeakable is not like a that. lifestyle, yeah. but it is definitely, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a startup. It's you should get of, a photographer a startup. and take a lot of like interesting pictures but and they then have, have to them. be right but yeah. the thing is that the it's off the record so the the, the photographs would have to be very like artsy and obscure really yeah like, yeah obscure their faces or it's just like they're all it's all behind and everybody's just like holding yeah. hands and like there's no no no, no, no we it. don't do it that we are the opposite of that of, oh, the opposite no, of woo. but no we but we sit around <laughs> and that uh, if people still smoked i bet there would be like a lot of smoke sit around and like cigarette smoking and just talking and I do, like no. a salon yeah yeah um we shall see okay wow number 10 is really good i think you should heat this one immediately <laughs> homeschool your kids will be screwed if you don't the world will not look kindly on people who put their kids into public school we know that learning is best when it's customized to the child this is so actually um 
uh, and we all know public schools are not able to do that effectively. And truly game-changing private schools cost $40,000 a year. Uh, it's clear that the homeschooled kids will rule the world when Gen Z enters a workforce. Um, so I, you know, it's interesting. No, no correlation versus causation here. Okay. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So she's, this is very, she's, she's making a lot of bold claims that are not yet substantiated. Um, but she's not totally crazy. I actually have... So the, the 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 my extremely wealthy friends, like like very 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 wealthy friends, um, they are if not quite homeschooling, but they are they are doing some like part homeschool, part tutors, part whatever. They're, they're doing mm-hmm. they're not putting their kids in public school or even a private school because they think that even that is not that's not the best uh, education out there, mm-hmm. um, and that they can kind of craft one with the right tutors. Um, you know, uh, yeah, but of and, course and those together. kids are going to do better. They're yeah, gonna those do kids better, are going to be also, the best. Cor- they're going to rule us. But it also, sure. it's like, is this causation or correlation? Because the people who are able to do that are so, by definition going to give their kids a... Homeschooling a has a weird rap because religious people do it. Like so many, like, and, and I don't mean like... It, it, I don't mean like it's bad. No, I think it's bad. Right. The homeschool kids <clears throat> I know are amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm it, not it, against it, it at all. It's that often it's taken it, it, too many of homeschooled families are are sort of like low income, like rural. So it, it that confounds the the effects of homeschooling a little bit. Um, but I think what she's touching on, like to 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 find to steal man her argument um i think she's what she's touching on is that 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 bit which you notice is that learning is best when it's customized to the child that is so 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 true mm-hmm. um that it, there are, i know of private schools that are very very radical in their approach to education that basically customize it customize lesson plans week by week for each individual child um, and they learn through, you know, they'll, they'll basically do a Khan Academy course, short mini course online. Um, like they're all in one place, but they're, they're doing it on their computer. And then if they fail at something, at some, like learning something, they'll have like a tutor there, a real life person who will coach and yeah. guide them and get them through it. And those kids are just beating, like they're just, they're beating everything. Like they're, they're way, way, way beyond their, their um, peers. Uh, even and they're, they're, it doesn't seem like they're necessarily the super brilliant kids, you know, even it's just like average kids who just enter into a network like that and suddenly they they fly. Um, so there's maybe there's maybe there's something to this. I, I won't uh, call her crazy. for Yeah, this. no, I think, that, I, I, I think if I could afford to do it, I would. But I, I can't. So I won't. Okay, well. <laughs> But we gotta get we gotta get more paid subscribers again. For, so first, I'll get plastic surgery, and then yeah. we will get more paid subscribers because we'll have video, and I'll have my like big knockers like on <laughs> display. Oh, I see. Um, okay, yeah, this will be this is the game plan. This okay. is our. Um, That's solid. Wait, you won't get it. It's only plastic gonna be surgery. Me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I, get, but we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, but I need a different. I, you know, we I think we we might need different things. Okay, I, I probably need like you know some face face work we get to Uh, that well we get yeah actually so that leads us to number uh number 11 (laughs) very good segue spend money on household help and botox to keep more doors open longer um look it's really hard to be a parent and still have an interesting life not for men 
I say that all the time. That is yeah, 100%. That's true. She's true. That's true. Um, okay. Let's see. As women age, they become more invisible. I know this is not nice to say, and we are told it's only true in Hollywood. Well, that's it's true everywhere. Yeah. Since when? Okay. Um, so the, the longer you can look younger than 45, the longer runway time you will have to figure out how to raise kids, hold a marriage together, and still keep things vibrant and interesting intellectually. Okay, I'm not sure that sentence tracks exactly, but I think I know what she's trying to say. She just, if you're hotter, you'll just, you'll hold on to your man. He'll be nicer to you. And you'll raise your kids better. Well, like you're saying, if you're hotter, it just, it makes life easier all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's true. That's of course, of course it's true. Um, It's no no small feat, but Botox and Restylane will be your best teammates in this part of the adventure. Sarah, mm. why am I with you? (laughs) I should be doing this podcast with Botox. (laughs) Um, (laughs) to tell us something okay um number 12 break the mold in your 40s Mm. let's see what does it say um women get more unhappy as they age well that is i don't think that's true um oh my god um most of the news about women in their 40s is pretty bad to be honest but the good news is that you can change that by living differently in your 20s and 30s than women did before you. And if you are in your 40s and reading this, take solace in the fact that by the time women are in their 40s, they are great in bed. That's, that's, that's hyperlinked to something. So we're definitely going to have to go to that. So if you do nothing else, figure out how to have a lot of sex to leverage your hard-earned talent. What does that mean? I don't wait. Is that, maybe that's the lifestyle business. Maybe okay. having sex with wait. Incels. So is it? This is her advice. So this is her advice to to older women. Women in their forties. Women in their forties. What about women in their fifties? But I don't understand. But she's saying to to live differently in your twenties and your thirties than women did before you. So, but she's also saying to have kids when you're young. So I, I think that's what she means. It, oh, because, before so you, my, <laughs> meaning the eighties yeah. and the nineties. Okay, all right. <laughs> I see. Um, okay. Or she, you know, she's also talking about startups and homeschooling. So there's a lot of things that she's that she means. I think that are different than austerity. Right. You know. Um, right. Wait, I'm gonna click on the great in bed thing. Is that where true? Is, where I'm what happens to what? Wait. I'm so I'm gonna go to this hyper. Am I gonna get? I don't. It's probably gonna to go to a porn site. This whole, oh, it's this OkCupid okay blog. Oh, this OkCupid. Okay yeah, it's the. It's uh, those. Do you remember those? Those OkCupid okay blogs. Did you no. ever like read the? Oh, 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 we have to. This is for another bonus segment. Then we we are gonna go through the OkCupid okay blogs. There, the link won't work because those blogs are down. Um, oh. But way back in the day when OkCupid okay was still like a functioning site before it got sold to somebody else, um, they had like one geek on board like some some dude uh in the back end who was also like really interested in social dynamics and dating and sex and all that stuff and he was like a data guy you know and he had all this information from the okcupid people um because okcupid had you take all these kind of quizzes like hundreds of like questions about who you are and then matched you based on your answers to those quizzes i have no idea how it happens now but I think you just look at somebody's face and you're like, ugly, not ugly, whatever. But <laughs> like, you get their skull measurements. <laughs> but back in the day, there used to be like, you took, you answered like a hundred questions, whatever. And he, so he had all this data, you know, you know, tons and tons of data. And he wrote all these really interesting blogs. Um, 
I yeah, we should definitely we should definitely discuss them. It's somewhere cool. about like race and like who which race responds to like which race basically like white and it was basically like white guys have it great everybody responds to them mm. um and sends like 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 responds to their messages and stuff and then it was like arab women do well that might have been like because around that time there was like a war on terror time mm. um so i think there was something like sexy about oh arab dangerous girls. um yeah. yeah anyway it was it was just so in- and and this blog he's linking to is linking to the case for the older woman um and i think he discussed in that blog about how older women just don't get responses like and they knew that from the date like uh, the women would say hi to somebody and then they just people wouldn't respond um well they get responses age. from very young men a lot of women in their 50s oh, really? get, yeah, I've heard this oh, a really? lot. Yeah, like oh. there's a lot of guys in their 20s. Why? Who, are they looking they for like they just have a like a mother, they have like a MILF, milf thing. Or, or oh, they yeah. also, well, also, I do think that um, this, it's very, it would be very smart for men in their late teens, early 20s to hook up with a, a older woman just to show them are the you, Are you like hint, hint, hint? No, 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 no. To I'm any, too like, old. Like, to like, send, like in their send. 30s. Like actually, no. yeah, I think that's a very good because they would learn a lot. I know a lot of men who have said that they have benefited greatly from uh, maybe the, like the a woman mentorship like 10, of 10 or yeah. 10 or 15 years older when they're in their early 20s. Yeah, if I was single, I would definitely I got a lot of heat one time on Twitter for saying that I would date a much younger guy. And people were like, oh, creep, like groomer, you know, and I was yeah, like, well, I don't anything. think it's, you know, what? You know. like. Yeah, I would. I, I would. I I know a lot of very like young young guys, like twenties, like twenty one, whatever, who are great. You know, they're very well, and I can imagine that they would be somebody who's like that age, also mature. Of course, it's rare this person, but I'm sure they exist. And right, I'm but not- they don't have to be. But I'll, but if they hook up with a woman, I, you know what it is? I think the guys in their twenties, the women that they're matching with, like want too much from them. Maybe they want commitment or whatever. And if they mm. can hook up with some divorcee she doesn't want to just having fun just wants some companionship yeah 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 yeah. um okay all right well i know we've uh we've we gotta go past our time but um that was an excellent that was an excellent advice this was it i want to follow it we need to have this woman on the podcast because she's uh something else definitely she's yeah. She's definitely an independent thinker. Let's say that for sure, right? I'm going to read her she, blog. I, I, I don't, don't know, know why she's not more known in the heterodox space. Yeah, who, who, what? <laughs> she's in the life. I don't know. She's a, a lifestyle business. <laughs> I just, some of those were they were great. Yeah. They were great. Um, um, okay. All right. Well, it's been a great show. Yeah, I think so. And uh, thank you. Thanks again to Susie Weiss. Yeah. for coming on and uh thank thank all you guys for subscribing and yeah supporting thank us. you okay see you in hell see you in hell just remember there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other <laughs> uh, uh, uh.